Hi everyone, this is Victoria Stapleton from Little Brown Books for Young Readers, and I'd like to welcome you to the Little Brown School and Library Podcast. Now, usually I get the big bad uh, YA titles that are, you know, dark and angsty and filled with uh, trauma and hormones and pirates. Still no vampires because I still don't get it. Don't try to explain it to me. It's irrational. I don't care. But today I get to do something so much better and so much more fun. And I did have to fight off staff to get to do this episode because today's guest is Matthew Cordell. I know there's cheering in the background and we're very <laughs> excited about this. And that is legitimate. All of the voices in my head are cheering about this. Now, why is this? Because I know a good picture book when I see them. And uh, Wolf in the Snow is a pretty darn good picture book. We know this because it has a big, shiny gold sticker on the front of it. And I didn't even mind that, you know, that it was a book from another house, as they say in the industry. I can hear Johnny Carson already in the background. Uh, but with Little Brown Books for Young Readers, through chicanery and trickery, uh, we have Wish and Dream and Hope and several other books that came to us when we, we loved him work so much, we went out and bought Hyperion. Uh, and, and just, you know, just went down there and said, no, you're going to give us these books and, and we're going to, you know, we're, they're ours now. They're ours you now. You just got a, you got a bunch of other ones in the deal. Uh, no, yeah, I was like, oh, they threw in the others. Book? I don't care. Uh, just give me the Cordell and we'll be happy. And these are deliciously charming picture books. But then they said to me, oh no, like a good Ginsu set, there's more. Early reader mixed format books. And I was like, I don't know, people. Everybody's doing that these days. I mean, come on. And they said, no. It's cornbread and poppy. <laughs> and then, gentle listeners, a part of my soul melted. The, the last icy cockle of my heart just sort of flowered. Because <laughs> I read it, and it was just like, oh, it's like frog and toad, but better. But better. <laughs> It is, because I was like, oh, frog and toad. They're too sweet to be to be real, but Cornbread and Poppy are very real. Uh, the first of the Cornbread and Poppy books will be on shelves in January, which means you should run right out and get them right now. And they've already received starred reviews from our pals at Booklist and Publishers Weekly, and they were very complimentary. Booklist could have been a little bit more complimentary, but I'm meeting with them next week to talk about these issues, and I'm sure they will be even more complimentary for the next book. Revised uh, review. Yes, they're going to the Cornbread <laughs> Revised starred review. <laughs> yes. Well, some starred <laughs> reviews stars. you're like, oh, I don't get it. But, you know. <laughs> um, this is a charming book about Cornbread and Poppy, two mice, and as a person who lives in Brooklyn, New York, who recently had to evict a mouse from her home, I was not ready, but this book made me ready. And I love this gentle story of two friends with different lifestyles getting ready for the winter in, in each in their own special way. Matthew, this is a very long-winded introduction, but I am just very, I'm having to calm myself down and not squee. Yeah. Because the need to squee is, is large in me. Thank you so much for joining LBYR, and, and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. It's been great to be welcomed into the family with these these two books and um happy to be here and talk to you today you are known for picture books this is a delightfully charming cornbread and poppy is a delightful book but you are mainly known for picture books 
And it's not a straightforward switch up in the format. So what was your thought process about you wanted to go into a new style of storytelling? What was the motivation for you about that? You know, I like to do different things whenever mm -hmm. possible. And I wanted to write a longer story that had more meat on the bones, you know, had more, more going on and a lot more language, dialogue and everything. And But I didn't want to go all the way into a, a full-length novel, mm -hmm. you know. I wanted to, because I wanted to do something different, but I didn't want it to be that different, you know. <laughs> I wanted to <laughs> dip my toe in the waters of uh, a longer format book. And, you know, of course, the other the other idea would be to do a graphic novel, which is not so much more words, but it's more pictures. So I felt like this was a nice transition into the world of longer format books. Um, and I had this, Cornbread and Poppy started years ago when uh, my wife is, is an author, Julie Halpern is her name, and she had jotted down the names Cornbread and Poppy. She jotted those names down and was thinking like, you know, maybe we could, the two of us could make a book about cornbread and poppy. And I did some, I did some like character sketches, you know, and then nothing ever happened with it, you know, it, and, and I, and I was digging through my, I was digging through my, my studio one day and I found some of those old character sketches that I did and it said cornbread and poppy. And I always loved those names. Um, I thought it was such a great, you know, springboard for whatever else came after these perfect character names. And uh, I asked Julie, I was like, "Do you mind if I steal your names and try to do something with this?" And she was, you know, she she writes mostly young adult fiction, mm -hmm. um, and she said, "Sure, go ahead." And uh, so I started just writing and. The very first story I wrote was a uh, cornbread and poppy at a circus, and uh, that it's an interesting, very maybe not that interesting. I don't know. It started the second book we we're releasing, cornbread and poppy at the carnival. Mm -hmm. It was originally circus. That originally was the first book, but because of some scheduling issues, we decided to write a winter book and have that be the first book. So the first book that I made <laughs> is actually coming out second. So it, you know, either one, they're sort of interchangeable. You know, you get you get a nice introduction to to the characters in both in both uh, books. And but the great thing was when it came time to make the second one, it was already done. You know, <laughs> so that was that was pretty uh, pretty awesome. That, that's never happened. That's an interesting idea, the genesis of this, because I've talked to a bunch of picture book authors for another video series we do, and a lot of times we talk about where what is the origin of the story. It might be a particular line that keeps running through their head. What does that line look like? Or it could be a particular image, and the idea is mm -hmm. to describe what's going on in that image. I don't know that I've ever had someone say to me, it just began with the names. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, the names, they, there's so much to be drawn out of those names. To me, it always seemed like a, almost like a, a rural setting, you know, because of the, the name Cornbread, um, but not super rural, you know, not like farm sort of rural, but more like mountains and uh, 
still, you know, neighborhoody, but not not urban. Definitely not urban. Um, and I knew they had to be animals too, as opposed to people. So those were two really good starting thoughts, you know, and then it sort of unraveled from there. And, um, you know, not too long ago, I was just jotting down some other ideas for other book, for other story ideas. And there's just so much that that's just kind of flowed out, even still, like, if I were to write more, it would be really natural. You know, I think I could easily come up with so many stories about these these mice, you know, they were, and they weren't mice originally. They, I knew they wanted to be animals, and I, I think I had sketched out maybe some dogs and some pigs and some mice, and uh, the mice just seemed to, to be the best, uh, the best fit, you know. And I hadn't done any, hadn't really done any um, mouse books, <laughs> so it was. Um, I mean, I, d- I did one picture book years and years ago, but uh, it was time to go. Go all in the mice. I love the mice, and I am no one is more surprised than I am because <laughs> mice in houses. No, I am not down with that. I don't think it's charming in real life. Ask my landlord. Yeah. Um, but there is something very, um, as you say, sort of rural. I kind of think maybe the I don't like the word homey, mm-hmm. but there's such a lovely lived-in quality to these characters. And you mentioned you did the second yeah. book first, and you don't need to read them sequentially. There's a very easy welcoming uh, aspect to the book that is these characters are very recognizable and comfortable with each other. And they gave me the sense that they were comfortable with me listening in on the conversations. Mm-hmm. How on earth did you do that? Yeah, I, I mean, I like that you think that because that was important to me. Somebody said on, I think it was on Twitter this week, that they are that they feel very cozy. And that is exactly what I was sort of shooting for, was a warm, unpretentious, you know, uh, accessible world, but also funny and, you know, has moments of, unexpectedness and maybe a little bit clever at times, you know, unexpected. But, um, yeah, I wanted it to have a, a warmth to it because, you know, the, 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 the beginning readers that I've always loved are, are the Arnold LaBelle books, you know, and there's definitely some inspiration <laughs> of uh, Frog and Toad in these books and, and Arnold LaBelle, you know, I, I, he, I just feel like he set the bar so high um, with what he did and not just with Frog and Toad, but, you know, Owl at Home and Mm -hmm. many of his other books for, for this, in this format. But um, I didn't want to make a book that was, because I feel like there are easy, there are beginning readers out there that are really sparse with text, you know, Um, and they're kind of fast paced and the humor is sort of contemporary and like, sarcastic even at times and I didn't want that sort of um I didn't want it to have that that vibe you know I wanted it to have this sort of almost more classic and uh and you know just uh, uh just a an easygoing welcoming story and, and and with more length you know I really wanted to to have that link to to be able to build a world around them and uh have more character development and um 
things like that. I love that you said that because uh, while we do keep thinking about Arnold LaBelle and Frog and Toad, etc., uh, I don't think, and I'm not going to spoil it, people, you're going to read this book with your kids or yourself. I don't think the ending of the first Cornbread and Poppy is an ending you would see in a Lobel book. I don't know that a lesson has been learned. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's not a snarky book, but it does have a more modern sensibility to it. Right. Yeah, I liked it. Well, you mentioned working over a longer space and there's more text, and I like that as well because it invites readers to linger even when there's not so much. I'm thinking of partic one particular spread, the overhead perspective and the shadow, but mm -hmm. that the impact of that moment is set up really by the characters talking to each other and expressing their anxieties. Coming from picture books where every single word is so has to be so tightly considered uh, for being inside the final book, I, what were the challenges you encountered of, you know, loosening up the amount of language that you could use or the type of language that you could use in this book? Yeah, um, you know, when I'm writing picture books, I usually write really long um, every time, and then, and then I kind of circle back and and look at the text and realize what is what I don't really need, you know, there's a lot of pruning and, um, cutting. And so this time I just kind of did the same thing, but didn't go back. <laughs> I mean, I finessed it of course and, mm -hmm. and it better, but I didn't, it was kind of liberating in a way to just be able to leave a lot of that, those details in, and, you know, and with the picture book, you know, there's definitely many reasons to, to, to keep it, tight you know to your pictures are bigger and uh do a lot more of the the lifting mm -hmm. than you would in a novel of any kind but um you know i like the idea that i can just write sort of more more fully and uh and it doesn't really need to be extracted you know because that's the point of it is like you want to write a, you want to write a longer book for these for these new readers and these, these eyes of these new readers to absorb all that. Mm -hmm. So um, there's still going to be illustrations, which was important to me. You know, I wanted to have a bunch of illustrations still, but uh, I don't really have to, I don't have to cut so much. You know, I can, tr I can play around more with the, with the writing, you know, I can leave that in. And those are the kind of new challenges that I was looking forward to, you know, in terms of trying out a new format and, and, and uh, seeing what works and what doesn't work. And it's also helpful that, you know, we have two kids at home, one of one of which is, you know, she's 13, mm -hmm. and she's, you know, well past this point, and she's a big reader, our, our daughter Romy. Um, but our son Dean is eight, so he's, like, really, really chewing up these, these beginning readers right now. So it's a, it's sort of a good, you know, testing ground, you know, to see able, be able to know what minds work with what words and what words are going to be too complicated. And so they're kind of my. Did you, in having Dean read, the, I'm assuming he read the manuscript, he was your testing audience. Was there any particular words that you thought would be so exciting and fun to have in the book, but Dean was like, yeah, no way, man. Yeah, you know, I don't. I'm not the kind of dad that shares things really early on. Um, I like to wait. And, I, you know, I'm also not the kind of dad that, like, 
likes to read my own books with my kids. <laughs> I, I don't, I, instead of reading, I, I find that I, reading and looking at the pictures, I find that I'm looking at all the things I would do differently, you know? So um, what I like to do is just, my wife reads a lot to our kids at bedtime. And um, you say, Julie, see if, um, or just, you know, here's my new book and see how it goes over. And, you know, a lot of times, there's not a lot of times, but sometimes I won't hear anything. You know, it's just kind of like, it'll be, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't take it personally. You know, I don't expect my kids to, to, to just think everything I do is golden. You know, I, I kind of appreciate sort of, um, these, the indifference, you know, um, but it was really cool to hear that Dean really liked, he's read them both, you know, and he really likes them. And he's, 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 he's like excited when all these, as, as the, as the, you know, as you start, as the book is being produced, you get all these different stages, Mm -hmm. you know, first you get the proofs and then you get the, the advanced readers. So he's always really interested to see these new versions of it come in. And, and I've given Julie and I have given copies all the different copies to his teachers. So they've had these, uh, these F and G's or these arcs or whatever in their classroom and they read it to the kids. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to have the things you make and be able to share them in, in this very direct way, um, with your own family. So I think that goes along with the idea that cornbread and poppy are happy with the reader in the room with them listening in on their conversation. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, I wanted to talk a little bit about your illustrations for this book. Um, I mentioned the overhead perspective of the shadow. I won't give away whose shadow that is, mm-hmm. but it's really effective. But there are also little tiny elements uh, in this in the illustrations of this book that give it so much flavor. In particular, I am thinking of my uh, new imaginary best friend, and I will be going to his home immediately to steal the nope. <laughs> welcome mat the unwelcome mat i should say <laughs> on his front door thinking about writing in a longer form and thinking about the story that way um i know we we don't really have to think of picture books in terms of 32 or 40 pages anymore there's several very much longer picture books out there now um but mm-hmm. looking at this story did it affect or change how you thought about the illustrating the story and did you make any changes to your style or your work approach with that yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I thought um, originally when I was designing the book, you know, when I just had the manuscript and I was kind of breaking it up, I, I was thinking, you know, beginning readers I'd seen, um, I'd seen, you know, quite a quite a range really, but um, in my mind, it, I was kind of I was kind of looking forward to the idea of fewer illustrations, you know, like being able to kind of chill a little bit <laughs> with how many pictures are in the book but then I started sketching and sketching and I was like wait a minute this is like number one is 80 pages which is you know good more than twice your average picture book but it's a ton of pictures but I just I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it because it, it's gonna be a lot of fun and, and I kind of forgot you know I kind of just once I did it I kind of forgot how illustrated it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week I shared a little video 
like a 10 second video of me like flipping through the pages of the book and I'm getting all these comments like, whoa, that's a lot of pictures. <laughs> and I kind of forgot, you know, that it was really densely illustrated. I just kind of got so into it that I, I didn't think about it much. But um, but yeah, I mean, I thought originally, you know, beginning reader, more text, fewer pictures. But uh, it really just became this like a double, a doubled up picture book in a way um, because it's it's more text and more pictures. More text and more pictures. It's more of everything. Yeah. Like a good Ginsu yeah. pack. Wait, there's more. And there is. That makes me think about, you know, in a picture book also, pairing the image with the text, whether that text is on the page or not, is, is so important. Again, I'm thinking about that unwelcome, Matt. As you were, as you were designing the book and putting the, everything together, thinking about that, was there anything interest that came out to you interesting about looking at the image and the text for the first time discovering any connections that you hadn't realized before i guess i'm wondering you know i think about a picture book is even if it's the same person writing and illustrating it they don't necessarily happen in the same sort of creative process at the same time and then you put things together and find out something new did you have that experience with this book did you find out something new at the end of the process i'm not sure really you know i the, it was definitely a different experience, but in many ways it was a similar experience. You know, it was, it wasn't, again, like it wasn't a, like I was really, it was a change, but it wasn't like night and day for me. You know, I, mm -hmm. I mean, eventually I think I would like to write, um, maybe try a novel or, or I've always sort of dreamed of doing a graphic novel, but it, the, the amount of drawing that is needed is, uh, it's, it's way too much, you know, <laughs> and I, I think I, you know, I, I grew up reading comics, so it's like, it's a natural move for me, but, um, I just, I find it hard to think about how much time it would take and how, how much, you know, frankly, how much money you get paid, which is a very similar paycheck, <laughs> So it is, uh, it would, I really would have to carve out a huge amount of my life to make it work. Um, you know, my kids, I think are going to have to be older, <laughs> uh, and, and I won't have to have any other jobs for a while. I would just have to do this, but, um, yeah. reality and publishing. Just, <laughs> yeah. I think I kind of evaded your question. I can't even well, remember. I'm going to ask it a slightly different way because earlier you were referring to things that you were like, oh, I could have done that differently. Was there any moment as you got near the end, you're like, yeah, man, I did that. Yeah, um, you know, I'm really quite satisfied with these books. Um, you know, there's no matter what I do, there's always going to be some nitpicking. Because, oh. you know, the books come out so far after you finish them that I always feel like I'm, I'm kind of doing things differently by the time they're on the shelves. So, you know... I'm really kind of my worst critic. I mean, I'm sure I have worse critics out there than me, honestly, but uh, I'm really a tough critic of, on, of myself. And I look at my drawings and I think, you know, well, I probably could have done this differently or I could have, I could have put a different word here. You know, I could have phrased this sentence differently. So it's, it's little things like that, but in terms of the bigger picture of how it, how it all came out, um, 
I, I'm really proud of these, you know, I, I think that's, but I think, you know, that sort of self doubt and that sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is for being really hard on yourself about your own work, but I think that's, that's all of us. You know, I think we all mm-hmm. definitely, a sort of a, a, I think cornbread would, would feel that way about if he made something, he would be, he would be particular about it and, uh, sort of, but Poppy, I think would, would just be done and, and, uh, wouldn't think about it again. <laughs> no, no, no. I think kind of. I agree. Cornbread would be sort of like, oh, I could have done that better. That 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 jar could be screwed on tighter. But I think Poppy would be like, Hey, man, I did that. Yeah. And you know, yeah. balance is everything. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. It's sort of like a one hand fitting into the other. There we go. Well, uh, first things first. I do hope that for this festival season, you will uh, gift your wife. An additional good present, uh, perhaps her own homemade cornbread, uh, as a thank you <laughs> yeah. for the names cornbread and poppy because they are delightful. And I want uh, to, yeah. I want to thank you for this delightful series, cornbread and poppy. And then the follow-up, or really, is it the prequel, <laughs> cornbread That's a and good poppy question. at the carnival, which will come out later this spring. Uh, I think they're both charming and delightful and i am really i think one of the three most cynical people in north america well let's see the northern hemisphere and the western hemisphere probably on any continent and anyone in children's books (laughs) and i thought they were lovely and delightful and i have been sharing them with my family and friends all over the place so i kind of think they're perfect i I appreciate that I've won over my uh, my toughest my toughest audience my toughest demographic. Yeah. How many are in that demographic? <laughs> More than you think. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Cordell, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Victoria. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Gentle listeners out there in the virtual universe, make the right life choice. Go get you some cornbread and poppy, put it on your bookshelf, put it on your bedside table, give it as a gift to yourself and others. You will not regret it. Get to the library or your local independent bookseller today. Thank you for joining us. I think I'm supposed to say we'll see you next time, but technically we're not seeing each other. Mysteries to ponder. (laughs) 